It's the Listen Up Milwaukee podcast. And welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Steve Italiano of this, the Listen Up Milwaukee podcast. And today we have as our guest, um, we were going to call him Mike, Aaron's neighbor. But uh, we'll give him a last name. Uh, we have, uh, <laughs> and for those that are regular listeners, know who Aaron is. So, uh, but anyway, we have Mike Korsmeyer, uh, who is Aaron's neighbor. I am. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Thanks for coming out. And uh, Mike, let's get a little background on you here. Let's uh, before we we're going to jump into our topic soon enough, I guess. But uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where where were you born? Where were you raised? Sure, I was actually born uh, in Iowa. Uh, and then shortly after that, moved here to Wisconsin. So I grew up in Wauwatosa, and I've kind of been been here my whole life. Went to high school here, and then uh, went away for college uh, to Valparaiso University okay. in Northwest Indiana. So let's get uh, Tosa East or West? Tosa West. Okay. So you're a Trojan. So I'm a Trojan. Yep. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, went to Valpo, like I said, and uh, now I work as a civil engineer, which could sound exciting, could not, but. Um, I work in the transportation division, so a lot of construction stuff that you see around might not be a result of me, but I might be involved in it, I guess. So if you get mad at queues on freeways, you can have someone to blame if you need someone to blame. Do you work for the city, county, state? The or state, you work actually. For the, so you're an engineer for the state, mm-hmm. so you're to blame. I am. Okay. Um, um, how old were you when you came to Tosa? So like I said, so not a native Milwaukeean. So not we'll, a native. We'll cut you some slack. Um, I, I was in first grade. Okay, so, so five, six years old and you yeah, came? Okay. Yeah, and I'm 31 now, so it's been pretty much my whole life I've lived here, I guess I would say. Except for the four years Except of college. For, yeah, yeah so, true. But you stayed in the Midwest. So I did. your mm-hmm. sensibilities are still there. You haven't been exposed to anything uh, too too crazy or anything. So um, family unit, you got brothers, sisters, siblings? Only child. Ah. So that's... So you're spoiled. Uh, sh- yes. <laughs> People would say that. I guess I did, had a teacher. I didn't find this out till recently, but I had a teacher... A third grade teacher, um, I think probably during parent-teacher conferences, that said I had only child syndrome and wouldn't share, like, toys or who knows what I wouldn't share in third grade. <laughs> My mom thought that was funny. Yep. All right. Well, that's uh, well, then that's another thing you, sh- you share. Besides living on the same street, that's Aaron. Well, Aaron wasn't an only child, but she might as well have been. So um, when you're eight years apart from your siblings, you're, yeah. you're, you're pretty much an only child, right? Um, what well, was engineering always a passion for you are you a numbers guy yeah so um i guess that's a little bit of a story in i think it was sixth or seventh grade we had to do a um like in computer class we had to do like a project on like pick a career and at the time and still um is true i'm a huge roller coaster fan love roller coasters actually for my bachelor party we went to cedar point so i've always always just enjoyed roller coasters so at that time i picked roller coaster designer and then like i just did it i thought it was kind of fun just something like different that wasn't just like a whatever um and then when it came like uh, senior year was like oh what do you want to major in as you go into college i was like oh i guess roller coaster design like that's the only thing i've like thought about right so engineering obviously so when i got there um it was between mechanical or civil engineering just based on if you wanted to do like track layout or if you wanted to do like ride mechanics kind of more that stuff but then as i got into internships i did more in construction so i worked for the city of tosa for two summers on their survey crew which is not at all in um design of roller coasters but i still still pick 
the engineering major because I was always like good in math and physics. I always enjoyed that. So started off as roller coaster designer, and I'm I think pretty far from that right now. But I still like roller coasters, so that's all how right. I got here. Excellent. Um, so four years of college down in in, in the in, uh, Indiana Valpo. Um, actually, Barbara's cousin went there too. So there small world. Is there? Wait, did John? Which one's on which side? Barbara's <laughs> Barbara's cousin um, and her husband both went to school in Indiana. One went to Valpo. I think she went to Valpo. Um, but they were just they were different colleges. So across the uh, timeline, across the oh uh, Eastern and and Midwest. Sure, sure. <laughs> So yeah, it was always a challenge to get uh, her husband oh. to be there on time. Sure, sure, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So a nice university, good university. So uh, you did four years there. Yep. Came back to Wisconsin. I came back to Wisconsin. Yeah, I I, I wanted just because I only child like close with my family, I wanted to come back to the Milwaukee area, and I had good uh, high school friends I stayed in contact with. So I didn't look for. Well, I, I guess I didn't really have a job out of college, so I was living rent free with the parents. So I didn't really. I was looking in the Milwaukee area okay. after school, but yeah, so I ended up here. Excellent. So, um, how how soon after that did you get your job at the state? Uh, it was nine nine months. Ooh, I think I worked at like a temp job for the city of Milwaukee, doing something like drafting, and then yeah, yep. So to graduate in May, so then by February, actually, I think. Today is my work anniversary. It's been nine years I've been with the state. Um, but yeah, so February of 20, February of 2012, I got my job. Sorry, math okay. is hard. Oh, uh, I said it was good at it. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Don't have a calculator with you. So yeah. <laughs> I understand. I understand the new math. So um, so what 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 kind of stuff are you responsible for with, uh, I mean, civil engineering? Are, it's broad. It, yeah, it's very, very broad yeah. stretch. So is, are you in a certain area doing stuff for the state, like road construction, or are you whatever project comes down the pike? Sure. So, yeah, I started off um, in construction, actually, out on the field. I was on the team that did a lot of the freeways projects, and I loved it. I was out of school. I was 22, working, like, long hours outside, sometimes on weekends. Like, I didn't mind the work. Um, watching, watching, looking over um, the construction crews as they did the work, making sure they did it correctly, uh, keeping up the standards. But then as I got a little bit older – um, just got kind of, you had to work overnights. Like the hours just weren't, weren't as appealing as, as I got longer in my career. So now I'm in a different area, um, where anytime we hire consultants to do designer construction work, I kind of, uh, work on processing their contracts, getting them under contract, uh, getting, so they can start doing work. So it's all office work now. Like I'm working from home, like, like most of the people in the country are. Um, so it's different, but I like the hours, I like the flexibility. And I do like, uh, kind of dealing with all different types of people and yeah. Excellent. So, um, you're actually in my, in our neighborhood, which is kind of funny, but, uh, um, so you're living here on the North side, mm -hmm. like the rest of us. Um, married. Yes. Married. Can't Three forget years. that. Got to get that in there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We got married, uh, December of, uh, 2017. All right. And where'd you meet your wife? Uh, actually through a friend. So we both, uh, went to the same college. She's a year younger than me, but we didn't know each other. And we were both actually in Greek life. So Valpo only has like 4,000 people. Take that percentage, like a third of them are in Greek life. So very small percentage, never met, um, which is probably for the better. Because <laughs> of me, not her. Right. Um, but then we had a mutual. I take it you embraced the Greek life. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely only went into it because it was at a small school. I don't think I would have done as well at maybe a bigger school that had more of like a stereotypical – I didn't go to them, but I'm just assuming like stereotypical Greek system there. Right. Whereas Valpo had – it was just smaller. Um, but she, she was in nursing, and um, we had a mutual friend who was in nursing with her. And then after school, um, we all just kind of became friends. We were introduced. Um, we ended up being good friends, and then now we're married. Excellent. Any kids yet? Uh, we actually are having our first kid in August. Oh, congratulations. End of August. Thank you. Thank you. So we're COVID, excited. Another COVID baby. Yeah, COVID baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll have another boom, so there'll be another baby Probably, boom. Probably, yeah. boom there. So. Um, all right. And it's it's uh, so we're going to shift gears a little bit here because we've talked, you know, you're an engineer. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people, including myself, have this stereotypical um idea of what we think an engineer is, mm-hmm. you know, the pocket protector, the slide, well, yep. I say slide rule, but I'm sure nobody knows what that is anymore. Uh, at least anybody, you know, <laughs> under 50, but, um, that's what they had before calculators, kids. Um, it was a ruler that had multiple pieces. You would slide back and forth to do your calculations. Um, and now I just thought, no, so any, um, and that's kind of the idea, you know, my sister-in-law is an electrical engineer, um, family members who were engineers and they were always considered the dry, mm-hmm. very focused on their career. Um, but you've got a whole nother side. It's almost like you're uh, two people. You get the left half and the right half mm-hmm. of the brain both cranking for you. So um, you've got, I, I call it, well, we'll call it a creative side. We're going to talk about creativity today and what it means and how to express it, I guess, and, and what you do. And you and I have very similar interests. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Your creative side, what what do you do for fun? Yeah. Um, so my wife and I uh, really enjoyed traveling, which made 2020 difficult. But we did we did get a big trip in. I can talk about that if you want. Um, but what I like to do um, when we do travel is kind of make travel vlogs, you could say. Um, obviously, take photos. I enjoy editing photos, putting them on Instagram. It's just that's been fun. But also doing travel vlogs, kind of say where we've been. My wife likes it because uh, it's kind of like the memories of what we have, and I like it because it, it allows that creative side of my brain to kind of do something where um, in engineering it's kind of like the same kind of tasks I do every day. It's not it's not a very creative-friendly, uh, not all the time, uh, profession, right. I guess. So Can't think out of the box too much. Correct. Or, Sometimes you can. Or that freeway ramp collapses. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> don't want that. Don't want to be that creative. Don't want to put an S turn in. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, at the end of, uh, well, you know, that was always the thing too. You laugh because, uh, and you've been around long enough after they finish the, uh, 94 to 43 North, that, that turn, um, heading North, um, from, uh, yeah, from 94 eastbound to 43 northbound, um, that first two years, the sheer number of accidents, yeah. cause that yep. corner was too too sharp. Mm-hmm. Surprise! I mean, I never thought so. I guess if you if you drove the speed limit through there, which was forty, um, to the point where the I know one of the radio guys used to call it Beggars Canyon, based on uh, the Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> reference. Did you get that movie reference? I've heard of it. I told Steve <laughs> I'm not a big uh, movie guy. Oh, <laughs> this, this could be this could be painful, folks. There might be a lot of explanation going on. No, just right. kidding. But. Um, yeah, so it couldn't be that creative, I guess. Uh, in, in certain instances, you got to watch the numbers and the calculations and that. So, um, now you started doing this as an adult. 
was there a basis in your youth that kind of spawned this? Was it always kind of there? And, and, and I mean, my experience is, is that I, I always had an interest in the things I do, video, video editing, photography, um, that, uh, yeah, videography, photography, recording, um, to the point where, you know, as you know, I think an eight year old, I got a tape recorder as a Christmas, uh, for a Christmas present, uh, you know, a good old fashioned sure. cassette recorder. And, you know, we do these radio plays, my sisters and I, and, um, so we had that kind of as an outlet and that was always interesting. I always had an interest in potentially going to radio until I discovered they don't make any money. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a journalist, but I don't make any money. Um, and I'm always out of work, <laughs> but, uh, so didn't pursue that, but you know, some of, especially the podcasting, that's kind of where my, I mean, I've always had a creative, well, not, I shouldn't say always a creative streak, but an interest in doing something in the creative field. Sure. Um, but didn't have the outlet. Yep. To do it in. Yep. Um, and the same with video. I mean, I, I started in video once camcorders became a little bit more affordable and did the old camcorder hooked up to a VCR and then hit play and record to edit it, you know? Sure, it was, sure. Yeah. Uh, I developed that skill pretty well. Nice. Um, but as technology has advanced here, and, and again, you're 25 years younger than I am. Ugh. Get out. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks for coming, everyone. Yeah, thanks for coming. Show's <laughs> over. I'm going to throw this guy out. Uh, no, I'm just sorry. Um, but as uh, technology has advanced, um, it's become so much easier to do these things. I mean, uh, to edit a video now, to me, based on old time, is effortless. Oh, yeah. To to touch up a photograph based, to the, based on the darkroom um, is... Click, click, click. Yep. And now have you seen, are you a Photoshop guy? I forgot. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, have you seen the new stuff that's coming out that's in beta, the AI stuff? I don't think so. That's in filters? Oh, no. Oh, I'll show you when we get done okay. here. <laughs> but now things that took hours, even in Photoshop, are a click and a render away. Wow. So, um, and this all had a point, uh, but we'll come back to your youth. Um, but did you find as technology advanced, it, it's easier to do these things, but again, did you have an interest in any of this prior? Yes. And, yes. So, um, growing up, my, my parents have always been in, uh, TV broadcasting. So my dad worked for channel 58 and actually prior to that, when we uh, lived in Iowa, they owned a radio station. So they've always been in broadcasting. I think that's. Right, your parents owned a radio station? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I should have looked them up. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I, I kind of always have known that. My, my dad worked at Channel 58 in their master control, and then they now own, which 2020 hasn't been uh, friendly for, but a satellite uplink truck. So for people that don't know, and I don't know if you do or not, but um, the, the best example is they go to like breaking news, like a plane crash or something where it's like way out in the in the middle of nowhere, and then they, with like some kind of um, crew, will then uplink the the shot to the satellite and the station, whether it's CNN, Fox, whatever, uh, picks that off the satellite and puts it on the air. So they're, they're solely in just transmission of the signal. And they've okay. done that since I was in middle school. But like I said, pretty much my whole life, they've been in, my dad has been in some kind of broadcasting. So I think that kind of, I, I got to go to like Packer games and be on the field. And I've, I've met like Senator Cole, like I've, I've just like kind of been around the business. I've always thought sure. it, was, it was interesting because it was different than just your normal, nine to five job they worked odd hours i just i always kind of liked it but 
um, I guess my first experience personally was in high school. One of my friends with my mom's old um, Canon PowerShot digital camera made like a skiing video. It was horrible. Like I, <laughs> I found it the other day and I sent it to my buddy. Um, and it was, I had to have been in like Windows Movie Maker, I'm guessing that I made it. Okay. And, uh, but that was like my first time. We, I, we, it was like shakier than heck because there was no stable. Series. I didn't know what any of that was. I was in high school and um, just was doing it for fun. And then I also made another video that I called Money's Dance Moves that was just, uh, just a camera on a tripod in my basement just doing like different dance moves. And I put, put that one on YouTube. And like, kind of went, I guess, viral around the high school. And okay. um, so that was like, I, I guess, my first kind of intro, like where I did it myself. I was, and I had fun with it. It was kind of silly, kind of stupid. Uh, but then all through college, I never touched a camera really. Like, I, I, I don't know why. I, I think probably just because I was so focused on um, schoolwork, I just never did anything. And I think it was my June, no, I think it was my senior year, I took a graphic design class. And I was like, this is my favorite class. And it wasn't what I thought. It wasn't like Photoshopping, kind of like I had learned because I took a, um, probably the same type of class in high school. It was more like typography and how to like lay out like magazine prints and stuff. Okay. And I was like, this is awesome. This is completely different than engineering. This is like, I, I really enjoy this. And th that's where I like re got probably reintroduced to it again. Um, but then I think it sat for another couple of years. And then as I met my wife, um, I ended up getting a GoPro and I was taking ski videos again. Like, like as I was skiing, I was setting them to music. And at first it was like cut to like, um, like famous music. And I, I was putting them on YouTube and it was just something I was doing. But then as I've kind of progressed, I've gotten to this like travel vlog that I've done. Okay. And is that currently what your, your YouTube channel is all about? Mostly. Yeah. So we like to travel and then, um, a little bit about, we enjoy doing stuff with credit card points. So it's kind of like traveling, but also I want to kind of show people that might not realize that it's very easy to get out and explore. Um, it's easier than you think probably. So kind of some tidbits of how to kind of travel for a little bit cheaper. So we kind of share our tips and tricks after all of our uh, vacations that we go on to. Okay. So some of the financial stuff, make your money work for you, make your credit. And that's... Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. And that's, well, at least... That's what I recommend to people. Um, I, I work in the collision repair industry right now after COVID. Had to go back to it after being uh, – I was in the collision repair industry for 25 years and then got out of it and uh, went into some sales aspects with COVID. Of course, that job disappeared mm -hmm. after seven years. Um, but uh, had to get back into it just to have a job. But that's what I tell people. You know, If you get an insurance check – don't just sign the check over if if you don't have to. If it's a single party check, deposit it and get the credit card points. Yep. Why not? You know, yep. um, like I said, I had a, we had a customer the other day, eight thousand dollars. So Jeez. you know, I yeah, mean, I don't I don't know what that equates to in points. If that's a dollar per mile or whatever, but um, you know, he's using part of that to buy his tickets to Hawaii this year. Perfect. You know? um, those are the kind of tips I'm guessing yep. you, you give, right? And. I know Southwest had that big, if you sign up for the credit card, you got... 80000 That's actually, we just redid our kitchen in COVID, and that's like one of the tips that I have a coworker who's like even more into credit card points than I am, um, and that's the one thing he said, if you're making a big purchase, open a credit card, because then it's like super easy to, to hit that spend limit, and we, we redid our kitchen, I made one purchase on the Southwest card, and I got like 80,000 points, because I bought all our cabinets on it. 
Oh my! Yep. So, mm-hmm. and what what would um and points equate? Is that per mile? Uh, then, or I you get, think or? Southwest. I just looked this up. I think that one's like one. I think that's one point six cents a point. Like that's the evaluation of it. But okay. typically, it's like a penny a point. So like fifty thousand points is like five hundred dollars. Okay, so it's one ticket mm-hmm. somewhere nice, mm-hmm. yes, comfortably. Okay. Um, I'm going to jump back to creative here. Sorry. Uh, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm trying just to keep a linear thought process here in my head. So, and I do that. I'll, I'll wander off. So just slap me if I'm too far off the trail. Um, Aaron usually does. So, um, <laughs> so you've always had a creative bent. Now, like I said, has, as technology advances, it seems to be a little bit easier to do these things. Like I said, when I started, I mean, and if I go back to my high school days, um, we had a film class, and it was film. If you wanted to submit, you had the option for extra credit to submit a student-made film. It was film. Sure. It was 8 millimeter or Super 8, and you were cutting and taping and cutting and taping <laughs> you know, to edit. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, so physically doing those those actions that are in most of the editing programs. You were literally taking not just a razor blade tool. You were taking a razor blade and physically cutting your medium and then cutting out the section, and then you'd line it up, and you'd put the special tape down with the sprockets in it, and that's oh. how you would edit the film. Um, it's so a little different now. <laughs> it's a whole lot different now. Um, there's a series on YouTube that was on YouTube. Um, it's about five years old now, but it was put out by Adobe, and it showed all the processes that Photoshop was based on. So before Photoshop and computer imagery and uh, desktop publishing and all that came out on a, on a PC or a computer, what they had to do to make these functions happen. Um, so I watched the photography one and the typesetting one and where some of the terms come from, you know, you say, well, that's, that's the burn tool. That's the dodge tool. Right. They showed doing that in the dark room to get the same result. That's cool. Um, so if, if, um, I don't know what it's called and I apologize, but it was like Photoshop at 25. That's okay. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and it gave me a little bit of a, but I mean, when you look back at, the things people did in the dark room to what we get to do now, uh, because I've only shot digital. Um, I very I, for a short period of time, like maybe three months in high school, I shot film. Um, the yearbook people gave us chemicals, and we set up a developer room, a developing room, and I was awful at it. I just I don't have the anal retentiveness. Okay, uh, I'm a slob. Okay, so you know to mix <laughs> chemicals and put it in the right trays, and and then not touch your negative while you're trying to develop it and roll your negative in the dark. Oh my God, it was just a disaster. So I I, I got away from film then, um, but always had an interest in photography. So you know I bought my first digital camera in 1998. Um, actually, Barbara bought it for me as a birthday present. It was that brown brick of a Kodak that was a one megapixel camera. It had enough memory for one picture, but it had an expansion slot to put a card Ooh. in. Yeah. <laughs> so I got an eight and laugh. Wow, what was it? An eight meg card <laughs> for $200, an SD, eight meg SD card, and I could take nine pictures. Wow. In that camera. It- uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So that's that's my that's my history. Sure. Uh, but um, yeah. So once and again, the nice thing with digital is you see your results right away. Editing is a lot easier if you have the right program and you have uh, some experience with it. But um, technology for me was the impetus for me to get the mess you've seen mm-hmm. down here in my what I'll call creative room. <laughs> Lab. <laughs> My lab. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, was it similar for you? or Because you kind of grew up with it, right? I mean, PCs kind of, yeah. were, in, were in schools yes. when, yeah. when you went. and Like I said, yeah. Like I took, in high school, I took like a, um, I can't remember what the name of the class, something in computers, but we did work in Photoshop. And, and at that time, I like would crop myself in like cool places. Like, sure. oh, here do I the, am. Yeah. Do the composite. So like that, that was the tech, that was available in high school, so in like 2006, 2007, so that technology was there, yeah. Um, so I guess I kind of did grow up with it. But I think the um, probably what got me back into it was probably making my ski videos, but also YouTube. Like I got kind of down rabbit holes, like watching these vloggers. And I don't know if you've heard of like Casey Neistat is like one of the first ones I found. I was looking up like um, airplane seat reviews i go down these weird rabbit holes we don't need to get into that part um and he was doing these like first class reviews and he's just this vlogger he's out of new york um now he lives in cali and he's like probably one of the first big vloggers out there and i was just like thought it was like kind of interesting like i liked how he he would have these time lapses he would have this like kind of talking head of him like driver on his electric skateboard going down manhattan and i just like thought that that was it like looked neat. I, I I liked his style, how he did it, and making these these videos. I was like, oh, travel videos. Like that's kind of neat. And I think some I, I I was trying to think back to what what was what was the thing that clicked me back into it. But it's like something like that, just watching it, I was like, oh, I could I could try something like that. Like I could see how it goes. And yeah. yeah. So you were kind of uh, intrigued by what you saw, kind of yes, and thought you know I, I can do that. That shouldn't be that hard. And and then you found out, <laughs> I was awful at it. Like I was just ter- like, and and it's not even until recently as I've been, I guess, quote unquote, call it grinding it, it out, like trying to like just reps, trying to to edit video. Like th- those first videos would take me so long, and I was they were just so bad because like I didn't know what I was doing, and I had this like kind of uh, sense of like, oh, I want to free this out of my own, and like there's so many tutorials on youtube out there like how do i do this like speed ramping like how do i do it right. oh there's a thousand tutorials on it right and once i got past that like i don't know anything like i have to like all these people they learn somewhere too so i like i've i've, I've watched more tutorials now and like just simple stuff like that there's more reps on like i was talking about the last video i did like about using a green screen i didn't know how to how to do that like how to use the keying function and stuff so i like watched a tutorial on it so i think Back to your point on the technology, I think the technology is just is there, but also just there's more resources for people. Like you don't have to take like a class at a at a um a, a school anymore. There's there's all these resources online that just yeah. make it so much easier. Well, that's 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 my great. I, I'm I'm a I've always been the kind of person that um you're gonna need to teach me how to fish. Don't give me a fish. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Even if you gave me a fish to feed me, I'm still gonna learn how to catch that fish. Sure. Um, and that's where I get down. You, you talk about. I get down hardcore hardware rabbit holes. Unfortunately, uh, because the question I always ask is, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. What do you need? Um, what's a better way to do it? There's got to be an easier way to do it than what I'm doing. You know. 
um, which is why you see this set up here, which is the evolution of 10 years. Oh yeah. And, and four interface, five interfaces. Sure. <laughs> you know, a lot of money spent. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, the YouTube, uh, has been such a great resource, uh, for me. Um, and even re and especially recently with, uh, uh, live streaming, you know, sure. Um, it doesn't sound that difficult, but to do it right and to do it well, there's a lot of little nuances. Yeah. So you learn that. Um, so this is where I, I, I struggle because people, I do a lot of stuff for people. I work with some nonprofits, um, to help them out because I had the time I was out of work for 10 months. Um, I never, even though I, I do stuff like I said, photography, I've always thought myself more of a documentarian in any of the videography I do in any of the, um, photography I seem to do. Um, I've always have, I, I never thought myself as a creative person. Mm -hmm. and that's Same with me. Um, I always felt myself more of a documentarian and I'm just using tools to do that. Sure. Um, cause I, to be honest, I don't know if I have an original idea. I mean, you make your travel videos. Um, so where you go, what you shoot, those are all choices. Um, I, I guess I, I don't have that part of the creativeness, if you will. Um, plus I think a lot of people think creative means when you say, well, you're, you're a creative or you're a very creative person that you have to live that 24 seven. Yes. You know, you've got to be the flamboyant artist. You yes. have to be the, you have to be Andy Warhol, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you have to have the look, you have to have the lifestyle, you have to have the, you know, mm -hmm. the weirdness, if you will, uh, to be a creative person. Yeah. Um, and you know, if anybody walked in this room, they'd see, you know, two white guys sitting in a basement, <laughs> you know, sitting in t-shirts <laughs> and they, what, what the hell is this? What do these guys do? Really? You know, he's an engineer and this guy <laughs> works at a body shop. They don't know what they're doing. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting cause I always, I, I don't identify with being a creative no, person. No, I could, yeah, I could totally relate. I was actually kicked out of art club. I don't why on earth I was in it, but I was kicked out of art club and I think it was like third grade because I just wasn't getting my project done or it was some project we had to do where um, one side of the photo, if you looked at like a picture one way, it was one photo. If you looked at another way, it was a different photo. Okay. I just was, I kept starting over, I kept starting, which is like classic me even to this day. I love starting things. Finishing projects sometimes is like very hard, but I got kicked out of art club. And then in middle school, I think we had to take a class each quarter in like a different section. I took one art class and I was, I, I hated it. Cause I, cause at that time I thought of creativity as like, you can draw. And like, that's, right. I think for years, that's what it was. Oh, you can draw, you can like act and stuff. And I did do, um, kind of some, I think it was with like the Wild Tulsa Children's Theater or something. Like I did some acting growing up, not acting, but I was in like some plays, um, but yeah, I've never seen myself as like a creative person, but I think, um, again, just with, um, technology and time, we, we see more of these people that have it as kind of like a side hustle or, or like, like hobby. Right. And probably as computers become bigger and bigger, these people, you need something to do kind of, kind of to get you through the workday. Cause I don't make any money off the, off the YouTube videos I make. It's just, it's just a hobby for me, just something fun. Mm -hmm. Um, that I do. So I'm right there with you. I never saw myself as creative, but I guess anyway, what's the classic saying? There's multiple ways to skin a cat or something. Yeah. We have a cat. We're not going to skin her, but, oh. um, <laughs> but, 
but but there's like any way to get to to get to the end point of a project like um i lost my train of thought this is this is professional but but yeah even if it's like a documentary like your eye at at making that documentary is different than like the next person would be so that is still like your take on something it's still like your creativeness on something i guess you call it even right. though it might not feel like it yeah it's it's i've never i, I don't take compliments well either so i uh, i i actually hate when friends are like oh i watched your video and i'm like oh gosh i'm just picturing because <laughs> i hate like listening to myself talk sometimes and like yeah. just seeing myself so i'm like oh well you're in your video see that's why i stay behind the mic and behind the camera uh <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, the only proof that i actually exist it's probably my <laughs> voice um yeah, you know, and it, and it's funny because I think a lot of people don't feel they are creative, but just need that outlet. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, I know for me, my experience was the technology advanced far enough where it gave me the opportunity to do those things, um, to be a little bit more creative, to to learn and to be active in, in putting these things together, um, where they would have been much too difficult. And and you know, I remember watching. A, uh, it was a di- it was about um, CGI when it first mm-hmm. first first came out, and they were showing you know a home movie somebody made, but they literally had a hundred thousand dollar computer that they were using. They borrowed it or were at some place you know that that loaned them out or you could use them, and and it was the clunkiest gra- yeah. graphic-y thing of them being eaten by a dinosaur. And it was like, well, this is $100,000, and when you watch a Hollywood movie, you know, they've got millions of yeah. dollars of yep. that invested in the CGI equipment alone. And and it, it, so it was kind of showing the difference between the practical effects of, say, the Star Wars era, you know, the yep. 70s, uh, the early Star Wars, 1970s, uh, the first first three movies, which were the middle movies. Anyway. Yep. yep. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so um, to, you know, what it's becoming. Well, you know, I'm trying to think when I started doing that stuff. Five years later, for three grand, I bought a machine that could do the exact same thing. Um, (laughs) So that was, that made it affordable to do it, gave you that outlet, you played around with it, you built on it. You know, I can't tell you how many peripherals I bought and upgrades I made and new computers I bought to do those types of things that now I look back and I think, Oh my God, that's so basic. You know, mm-hmm. it's just linear editing. It's one scene after the other yep. with, with maybe a transition in the middle, you know? And, uh, so it's, it's, it is such a great time to be a creative, I think. Yes. And to do those things. The only thing that I find is there's so much of it now. Yes. Yeah. So it lessens what you do a yes. little bit. Um, one of the big rants I have on Facebook is um, the power of the photograph. Okay. And again, I, I, I'm 25 years older than you are, and I, but I don't want to keep bringing that up, but I remember images. Um, I post a favorite image once or twice a year from history. And one of my favorite images, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, it's um, the POWs when they were released from Vietnam. He's in his uniform, he's walking off the plane, and the family's coming to greet him. And, you know, the daughter's in a miniskirt, and she's got her arms held out, and she's going to hug him and chasing after the... 
And, and it's a great photograph, very powerful, mm-hmm. especially if you remember the time. And that was one photograph in a newspaper that was probably, well, it was probably put in a couple newspapers, but that was one photograph that was used multiple times because you didn't have the availability of that. Multiple images from different angles and a thousand photographers. Um, but it's one that stood out. It, it, it kind of defined the times. That's one that I really appreciated. But you compare that now with how many images are be creating a day and posting a day and where they're posting. They're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter, they're mm-hmm. on TikTok. Da, da, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. And it kind of cheapens the image because yes. you have so much of it. And you and they're, you know, w- what would you say? 1%, 2% a quality image? Yeah. You yeah. know, duck lips and hand on hip, flush them, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, um, so that's always a rant I had about. How, I mean, it's how great technology is, but it's also that pitfall. Um, but it allows us to do what we want to do. It allows me to put out my episodes and have, you know, my 35 listeners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not Joe Rogan. I understand that. You know, it's not the top rated podcast in the world. It never will be. But it uh, allows me to do what I like to do. Yep. Um, easily, fast, and efficient where, you know, like I said, up until I'm trying to think podcasting started hitting what, 12 years ago, about 10, 12 years ago, maybe even a little bit, um, you know, before that you had a book radio time. Sure. You know, um, and, and that, you know, wasn't affordable. It wasn't, it wasn't affordable, wasn't available, wasn't anything of that nature. Now, you, now we can run our own radio station from the comforts of your bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know, you can use your iPhone and nothing else to yep. run a radio station uh, of your own with whatever you want to do. So, um, but again, I think, again, I'm, I'm rambling now, so I'm going to get your thoughts. Uh, how do you feel about the overload of creative content? Yeah. There's a lot of it, and um, I guess the the for if you're talking about photos, the platform I use is Instagram. I mean, that's a big photo sharing app right now, and I get kind of frustrated when I like I I take the time I edit this photo in like Lightroom or Photoshop or whatever I use, and I put it up and it gets like three likes, and I and I don't get like like mad that I'm not uh, and. I'm like, oh, I should be getting 300 likes. I'm like, I spent all this time on it, right. and then I see these like you're saying the celebs that put up like a photo of them and it's like three million likes well there's celebrities that make sense but i guess it's that sense of validation that sometimes i'm like is this is this not good like am i not good at this and um i have a i I have a friend that lives in st louis and i I think he he talked about it that it's it it's all about the journey that you could get kind of caught up in this thing of well this doesn't look good but but think how far you've come like even for me like a year ago i couldn't i couldn't have done the the photo editing techniques I did on this photo a year ago and look how quickly and easily I was able to do it. And yes, there's a lot of noise out there, but you have to come back to yourself and be like, man, I am, I don't care what, what the world thinks. I'm like proud of what I put out there. And it's not the duck lip thing. Like you're putting out something that, that you enjoy. Like for me, it's probably from like a trip I went on with my wife or something. It's like, Oh, I remember that time, honey, do you remember this this trip we had such a great time and like you have to realize that's why you're doing it you're not doing it for the likes you're not doing it for the the fame or anything it's like oh I, we had this great experience and i was able to be creative kind of from this experience true uh, yeah it's it's all about i guess you had to look at the perspective mm-hmm. and and how you're putting that together yeah because it's similar i i entered a photograph in um well this is back when the milwaukee still had two newspapers but the journal sentinel 
uh, journal because mm-hmm. it was a separate paper from the Sentinel at the time. Um, always had a photo contest once sure. a year, and then they got published in their calendar sure. that the, the the delivery boys would give out, and you know one of a hundred thousand submissions or whatever like that. And I had some. I thought I had some really good stuff, some nice black and white stuff, um, and you know the puppy and the baby one because it yeah. was open to the public. Yeah. It's like uh, you know and. Yeah, same. Yeah, no, no. I can relate. There's a. We went to the Grand. Um, 2020 was weird, but, but we still were able to get on some trips. We went to the Grand Hotel up in Mackinac. Okay. This past summer. Sure. And I follow on Instagram, and they were running like, a, or, and I got an email, and they were running like a photo contest. Share your favorite, like I don't know whatever the hash, my grand memory, something clever like that. And I was like, oh, like I should enter this. Like what the heck? I'll try it. And I edited the way because I don't know if you've been up to the Grand. It's a very like classic kind of right. timeless like step back in time. And um, I found a tutorial online like how to make the photo look not like the like Western no, sepia tone. Yeah, not that, but more like just like an old older looking photo. And I found a um, like a tutorial on how to do it. I edited the photo. I was like, oh, this looks like a old classic photo. And I had a cute caption that said like going to the Grand is like taking a step back in time. They commented on the photo right away. Oh, this is awesome. I was like, oh, I'm going to win the contest. I didn't win. <laughs> and, like, that's just life. Like, uh, I'm sure some. Picture of a horse won. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Something won. And, like, I was frustrated. I was like, oh, man, I thought I had one yeah. for one. But it doesn't matter. I was still. I I had to be like, oh, I didn't know how to do that before. Now I know how to do some of that. So, like, that's, I, I learned something from it. All right. So, um, yeah, it's it's frustrating, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I you know, I, I learn quickly that animals will always, animals and babies will always trump. Always will. What I would consider good art. Yes. But that's a whole other issue we can talk <laughs> about for hours after that, uh, after a, a few million drinks and rage at the machine. <laughs> so so uh, your YouTube channel, um, so you, the type of videos you're sharing, you're sharing your travel videos. Yes. Um, let's, before we forget... What is your YouTube channel? Yeah, it's a uh, couple of Corsies. So couples with a K, K O U P L E of Corsies, uh, K O R S Y S. That was our wedding hashtag. If anyone cares out there, so we kind of just made that into a. It's my kind of pet project. My wife is for, so gracious enough to let me take video, and she'll talk on it on camera. But all the editing, she has no interest in that. She says she has no interest, so it's like my thing. But it's like our. She's like, on air talent, and that's it. Correct. That's all, all right. she's. That's all she has time for. She's yeah. eye candy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. It's I enjoy doing it. But yeah. Right. So that's kind of where we share our like I said, travel travel videos, just the trips we go on. Also, um it gets back into like I guess like what what does well, um, room reviews. So sometimes if we say in like unique hotel rooms we'll review those hotel rooms and those seem to get more views than our day six of our out west trip, it seems like. But yeah, so we have a mix of things we post on there. Um, where was I going with this? Uh, YouTube. Oh, um, so do you also share, and like I said, one other aspect you said, aside from like room reviews and then just the actual trip, mm-hmm. um, I guess we'll call it, I, I think Aaron kind of, you, you mentioned this, Aaron, like travel hacking. Are, do you have like instructional videos on how to travel well as well? Or? Only like one really bad, um, <laughs> Like video, it's just like a talking head of me and like a terrible mic. Um, so so not yet really. I we've been focusing on like kind of the travel videos, but kind of inserted within our kind of trips as we say how we 
like we went on a cruise a couple of years ago and um, to Hawaii and that we paid on cash, but then we did a lot of our excursions on points. So we kind of explained little tips like that, like, oh, yeah, the cruise up front was very expensive, but a way that we made it a little bit cheaper was doing stuff with credit card points. So it's kind of inserted into it. Right. I mean, so so you have travel tips throughout your travel yep. videos. Yep. And then, and then afterwards, like we went on our Hawaiian cruise, we said like, excuse me, five tips. We learned one of those, like five things we learned from our first cruise. And um, I'm just going through like an RV trip we did this past summer. Um, and at the end of that, we'll do like things we learned from our first RV trip and how much it costs. So we, we, we want to like share our experiences with people. So other people can will go on the same trips that we do and have more fun than we do even. Yeah, that's always helpful. Things yeah. you, things you wish you knew when yes. you went, when you got yes. there. Mm-hmm. And um and yeah, I guess my experience with that was we were the last real big vacation we took, um, unfortunately, has been quite a while ago. Um but we did uh, a tour of uh national parks in Utah. Oh, nice. Um and the plan was, and again, it was it was a photography excursion. It was I was kind of at that point at work where you're like, I gotta get, I gotta go somewhere different. Yep. I gotta yep. go somewhere. We just can't take a staycation. We can't just go up north and yep. go to the lake yep. and visit friends. It was we gotta, I gotta, go, I gotta do something. Do something. Yep. So I planned out this trip originally to go to Arches National Ooh. Park, and that was the target. Arches, twenty hour drive. Go for it. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, with your wife? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, and again, and, and I, this is the way I posed it to my wife, um, <laughs> was I'm going on this trip. <laughs> if you want to come, you can come. Um, as you can tell, the way I'm built and, and the way Barbara's, Barbara's not a big outdoorsy person. She's okay. not a camper. She's not a hiker. Um, she likes to go places and she likes yep. the scenery and yep. everything, but, but you know, she's not going to go on a 10 mile hike, you know, she's afraid of heights. So okay. that ruled out a couple places. Um. So the, uh, that's the way I posed it to her. Well, almost like a month before I, I ran into, it was an issue at work, but I was talking to this Glendale cop and he had just come back from a motorcycle trip and he was kind of taking the same trip we were. Yeah. The trip is you fly into Vegas, you rent Harleys mm-hmm. and you take this, uh, you drive to a bunch of national mm-hmm. parks. Yeah. Um, and he says, you, oh, you, you gotta go and Oh, good Lord. I'm drawing a blank. It's not, yeah, Zion. Oh my God. Oh, Zion. Sure. Uh, so, which is Southern Utah and, uh, it's a, it's an hour and a half from Vegas. So that's where they went and they said, you gotta go, you gotta go. And he's telling me all this stuff. So we modified the trip. So we drove down to Zion first and worked our way back and hit, you know, Bryce Canyon and Capitol Reef and then finished up in Arches. Sure. Um, but that was a, like I said, I'm, I'm glad I had that conversation. I'm glad that customer bounced that enormous check and we had to call the cops on them because had they not bounced that check, I never would have met that Glendale cop and I never would have gone to Zion. Oh, yeah. And he told me, you know, what to hit and how to hit it and all that kind of stuff and times a day for photography. So it's nice that you do that because like I said, it's, it's helping somebody out and, and it's informative and it, it, like I said, any any help you can get when you're traveling to a place you've never been before, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I think somebody I know did that when they went to D.C. Oh, one of the owners of a car dealership took his family to D.C. and he just found a hotel. And it was a reasonable rate. Uh-huh. Yep. Worst neighborhood sure. in yeah, D.C. Yeah. You know, like the car got broken into three oh. times. You know? <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, did you call anybody? Did you ask for help? You know, did you ever, you know, uh, I mean, now with room reviews and stuff, obviously yes. it's helpful. So, but, um, that's my experience with uh, travel hacking, if you will. But, uh, it's, uh, it's great that you include those tips. So your videos, was your original intention making your videos just kind of as a keepsake more or less, or were you, or did you set out to have a YouTube channel? Uh, probably a little of both. I think originally when I first started making videos, like I said, it was just like, I would cut them to like real songs. So it was all copyright, all illegal. Um, but it was just like ski videos of like a skiing and then it just kind of has slowly evolved. And then like, as I've seen other vloggers, I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat. Like I could not probably do the quality, but in general, I can do that. Like I can, I can make a travel video. What the heck? Let's try it. Like, let's see where it goes kind of type thing. So, um, it is also a nice keepsake, um, but I kind of have the intent. It would be nice to to pursue it into something, but if it doesn't, it's a, just a creative outlook, I guess, of something to do. Just give you something to do mm-hmm. and, and get some time, satisfy that need. Right. So, so I don't know if that answered the question. So it's, it's kind of a little of both or of multiple reasons as to why I, I started it. Okay. And and again, how long how long has that been going on? Um, well, so I've been putting videos on YouTube for not that, well, three, four years maybe, but like this YouTube channel, the couple of courses with my, like with, you know, us together has been probably only a year. And some of the ones from, it was just my name was my old YouTube channel. I kind of put on there and it's more of like a travel story about us kind of thing. Okay. And, um. What else do you like? I mean, is this is that your main source is, is of, of fun or what else you do? Um, I like trying new things. So I guess that might might lead into like the creativity. Because when I when I got uh, like a job, I lived with a roommate um, in the same house that I'm in now. But I bought a guitar. I was like, oh, I'm going to pick up guitar. That sounds like fun. I'm, I'm going to learn like, I think at the time I liked OAR, like those like jam bands. I was like, I'm going to learn these OAR songs. Like, it's going to be a lot of fun. I've played guitar probably twice since I, I, I still have it. It's there. I can always try it. But so I have a knack for wanting to just try things. Like I also, we went back to our college once and um, I think they were having like a dance party or something like that. There was a DJ there. Ended up buying like a DJ board, so now we have like a. It's a, it's not like a full blow. It's a small little DJ board that I've practiced DJing. So I guess maybe that is more creative stuff. But I just like trying things. I guess you could say. <laughs> I mean, do you try? I mean, so obviously the guitar's not didn't stick. That's not probably going to go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably sell that. <laughs> Here, put it on eBay. Yeah, the uh, uh, so and the DJing thing, obviously. Um, I did it for a while. Like it was fun in the basement. And I actually, one New Year's party my friends had, I DJed the New Year's party at their house, and okay. like, it was fun to do. I got paid with a six pack, so yeah. that was my. So I'm not an amateur anymore. I am a professional. You are right? a professional. Um, but so that's probably done for. Like I, I, I mean, like it's fun. I would love to do it, but I don't have a need to try to DJ again. <laughs> right. Um. Well, now, child on the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, uh, not as much disposable income yep. coming down the pike. Mm-hmm. There, there's that, um, soon. Yep. Yep. <laughs> End of August. So 
how are you going to deal with that? I mean, as far as, you know, you won't have, um, and I kind of bumped into that this year, um, cause we don't have children. Okay. So didn't raise any, we're not empty nesters. We never had a nest, sure. if you will. <laughs> so, um, to a certain degree, there's always been some disposable income to do those kinds sure. of things. Sure. Um, until we overspent on some of it, but, um, so what's going to happen if you get the itch? How are you going to deal with that? I don't, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of using this, um, these months to see how it goes, like with this, because I think I'll always want to make, like take photos. Like it's always, mm-hmm. you want a vacation, you'll want memories of that. I'll want to take some kind of videos, but I don't know if I'll have like the time to sit there and, you know, because it takes, well, you know, you had a video, it takes time to do it sometimes. Right. Um, so I'm not sure if I'll, to what capacity I'll be able to keep doing it. So I'm right. kind of using these months where, where we do have time. We're still kind of in the, the like lockdown scenario to kind of see where does this go? Like, is this sustainable where we are kind of making some followers? Is this more a hobby? Like, you know, once in a while I'll be able to edit, but yeah, time will tell. I don't know. But you'll have a whole new subject. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's the, uh, and that's one thing I found is, especially with my photography was, um, the big impetus for my photography was at least the escalation of it was my sister's kids. Oh, she had four kids. Mm-hmm. They all played some kind of sport or had some kind of yep. activity. And, um, I would start, I started taking pictures sure, because I had the subjects and that again, with my, um, inquisitiveness of, well, how do I do this better? How do I do that? And between the YouTube videos and articles online and different websites, um, and I'll even go back before that, I have boxes of old photography magazines from the early 90s. Wow. <laughs> it's, you know, <laughs> the, all those articles you're reading now or seeing on YouTube were in photography magazines. Sure. Uh, back in the day, old fart I am. Um, but, I um, built the school both ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that bad. We rode the bus. <laughs> we rode the bus, but we didn't have to stand outside in the cold. <laughs> wait for it. Um, but uh, that was the impetus for me. Um, so it was as the kids got older, got better, got faster. Conditions changed. You know, just the difference between shooting outdoor baseball compared to indoor basketball. How do I do that? What yep. do I need to get? Yeah. So that kind of escalated my photography equipment buying, but it also turned into. Um, a side hustle. Sure. Because people saw the pictures of my sister's sure. kids. Oh. And then it was, hey, can you do this for us? Yep. Now, again, not having children of my own, it was a lot easier to take a weekend and go to a baseball tournament and, and shoot a thousand pictures of three different baseball games and 12 kids on a team and, and that kind of thing and throw them on a disc at that time. And there you go. There's your yep. pictures. Yep. You know, and pay for your time. But, um, so that's what I guess is that something. Obviously, your focus is going to change. Um, do you think? Well, I guess like any parent, I don't know. Is this something you would share with your child? Oh, kind of nudge them into it. I mean, were you nudged? I mean, you said your parents were in radio, yeah. And then so no, they wanted me to because I I always like said that I was like oh I'll just take over the business like that's what you know people do and my parents were like no. Like go out, kind of do your own thing. And even after I've like been working, I was like, "Oh, I could like you should let me take over the business." They're like, "No," and I think they just have always wanted me to, to 
kind of go on my own path. And um, it was interesting to see because at first they were like, no, just stick with engineering, blah, blah, blah. Don't do that. But I, I think now that they've seen like how, how interested I am in like making YouTube videos and like take photo editing and stuff, like my mom shared my YouTube channel with her cousin. Um, okay. So like they've kind of like gotten excited for me. Obviously, they don't want me to quit my job and <laughs> – don't quit your day job right. just yet, right? <laughs> exactly. But no, they've never wanted me to to really get into broadcasting, probably because of how much they like had to work like to to get where they are now. Um, and it does take a while. Like I think, like you said, like don't get into broadcasting; it doesn't pay at all. Or something. they always make that joke, kind of. Um, so, but I think, like, I'm repeating myself. But I think as they've seen kind of it as a passion or as a hobby, they still have gotten excited for me now. Well, that's good. So you supported in that. Correct. Correct. In anything you did. So, and that's all I guess you can ask of a parent. Be supportive. Yes. Try not to push or push too hard. Right. Maybe nudge once in a right. while. Right. <laughs> right. But no, like, yeah, growing up, I think they kind of wrote me off. They're like, no, like you can't just walk. Like we, we created this. We worked hard at it. You're not just going to waltz in and take the family business per se. Oh, true. True. Yeah. Without any like background knowledge of it. So, did you ever work in the business? I mean, did you ever work for them? Um, or with them? Like a couple times, I have. There's actually a funny story. Um, so, my parents, a lot with like sports broadcasting, they've done. Uh, There's a Marquette game that they were somehow involved with. I don't remember, and CBS, and they needed like a basically like a gripper utility. So, me and my my friend and his brother, we are I think we were home on like college break or something, and. Um, I was like, yeah, we can help. So we hung up. I don't know if you've watched like college basketball, those like CBS sports banners. Yeah. We, someone hangs those up. That's what we did. That was our job. And then if they needed anything, we were just a runner and we got paid, I don't know, 50, 100 bucks. And we were thrilled. We were like, this is awesome. Found out years later, my mom billed that out for like double that almost and took, <laughs> I was like, you got to be kidding me. She's like, yeah, finder's fee. But so, yeah. Thanks, mom. <laughs> Poor college kid over did here. They, did they help you with college though? Yeah. Oh yes. I'm. I'm totally joking. Yes. But I've helped them like on jobs and stuff. Like, um, like I said, they've gone up to Lambo and um, done like not the actual broadcast itself, but worked for for TV stations doing like pre and post game stuff. So I've been on the field uh, with them, but nothing like long term paid. It's just kind of as I was free because I did sports okay. in high school and stuff. So as I had free weekends or stuff, I would I would help out. All right, excellent. So, um, anything else? I not anything I, else you need to plug. I don't think so. So, that, no. so where, where you said you got a trip coming up in May? Maybe? Yeah. So that I guess that's a um, baby moon right there called. Yeah, uh, Hawaii. That's where we're open to go to because we had we've had trips like most people a bunch of stuff canceled in twenty twenty. So we have like travel vouchers. We have points that we want to use up. So we're going to go to Hawaii for a week. Oh, nice in May. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing? Um, what do you got planned while you're there? We're gonna stay. What, in... what, what do your viewers have to look for? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, coming up this year on no. Um, we're gonna stay on the on the Big Island. Okay. So just outside Kona, because when we did our cruise back in 2019, the cruise we went to all the different islands. Okay. And um, I don't know why. Oh, we got cheap flights. That's why we decided to go back to Hawaii because we were trying to like do something. Just we keep planning stuff to have something to look forward to because. Yeah, we never know when it's it, going to end. It's 2020. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Um, so we're going to stay on the big island for five nights, and then we have a friend that lives on Oahu in Honolulu, so we're going to go there for two nights and visit her. Okay. So, yeah, it should be fun. Fingers crossed. Hopefully we can go. 
Excellent. We'll Excellent. Mm-hmm. That's the trip. That's the next thing. Look, for. and that's at uh, a couple of Corsies. Couple of Corsies. Yep. Corsies. Okay. And, and again, spell it. K O U P L E O F K O R S Y S. S Y S. All right. The Hawaiian trip, hopefully in May. Hopefully, and in probably May. your your last trip for a while. Yeah, that'll May. probably be the last one. Yeah, last big one for a while. I and... would think so. Okay. If there's a family trip, we're gonna go up with uh, my wife's parents to northern Wisconsin just for like a lake house for the weekend. But that's it's still fun, but not nothing like a big trip to Hawaii. Nothing YouTube worthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just a trip up north. Um, that's that's our big summer. That's like fun. Yeah, that's that's what we get to do. Um, well, excellent. Well, Mike, it was great talking with you. Thank you for coming down and sharing. Yeah, good to meet you. Um, and uh, have you back sometime? Hopefully, yeah. Uh, you're always welcome, as everybody is. And before I forget, because I always do. Ooh. Oh. Uh, you get the last Listen Up Milwaukee podcast oh. coffee mug as a guest. Nice. Thank so, you. Um, there's four of those in existence, but... Uh, <laughs> This is like one of a kind. This is nice, though. <laughs> so that's courtesy of the, of the show. I'll use it in good health. And um, thanks for coming. And I want to thank everybody for listening. So on behalf of Mike and myself, everyone take care, be safe, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. This has been the Listen Up Milwaukee podcast. Brought to you by Testaduro Media, LLC. You can reach us by email at listenupmke at yahoo.com or through our website, listenupmke.podbean.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at listenupmke. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave a positive review. Opening and closing music is courtesy of John C. and taken from his album Shine. Available where music is sold.